0: Before she um, before shares, i was like to say, some of you will know Jess. Jess um, kind of grew up in the church here and it's been great to see her growing, but some of you won't know her. And so I thought it would be fantastic to, for her just to be able to share a little bit in terms of what she's been up to um, over the last few years so you can kind of get to know Jess and things before she shares. So, yeah, that's a little bit about what's been going on.
1: Um, so, I. <laughs> Feels like a long time since I've done this. Um, so, over the last couple of years, um, I have been living in Bournemouth, which is where I did my. A theology degree at Morelands College which I think is where More, uh, Liam is currently. Um, so I did three years there. Two years ago today I finished my course which is quite exciting when I realised that yesterday <laughs> um, and I've been working in a local college supporting students with uh, additional learning needs and doing a lot of admin and behind the scenes things and also serving in our local church in Boscombe. that's what I've been doing the last few years.
0: Fantastic and put you on the spot um, so if you had one thing which you kind of held to which was your hope in Jesus what would it be?
1: (laughs) 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 That's a big question. Big question. (laughs) You could have like told me that was your question beforehand I could have thought about it. Um, I think the the one thing um, that God has spoken to me I guess and reminds me is that he is faithful to his promise Hmm. Um, no matter what's going on he is faithful to his promise and and that there's nothing we can do to like not trust in him so that's fantastic
0: good answer brilliant well let me pray for you and um (laughs) it'll be great yeah heavenly father we want to thank you that that is true we want to thank you that you are faithful And your promise is that you are faithful even when we are faithless. And that is so incredible and so amazing. Jesus, thank you that you have been faithful to Jess over many years. And that she can look back and see your goodness and your faithfulness. And thank you that we can be here gathered together this morning with a sense of expectation and confidence and excitement about what you want to say. Because you are faithful. And you are the one who wants to speak to us. And so Jesus, I just pray that you would come and you would pour out your spirit upon Jess right now. That she would know you with her and that she would have that assurance again of your faithfulness. And that as she shares, that she she would be sharing from that place of knowing that you have everything that she needs. That you have given her these words to say and that your heart is to speak and to work this morning. Even more than hers is to see you do it. So come and bless her, Lord. Give her confidence. And I pray you give us ears to receive and to hear what it is you want to say through her. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: amen. So, um, before I kind of get into what I have to say this morning, just to add a bit more information. So, some of you all know my parents, Nikki and Steve. I'm their favorite child. Um, child. Child. Um, and I think this is the first time in quite a few years that the six of us have all been here in church together. So I think that's quite exciting that all six Williamson's are in one place at the same time. Um, So yeah, so just to give a bit of context, um, Ben... (laughs) Ben has created a PowerPoint for me, I believe, but before... He hasn't, okay. (laughs) It's fine, we didn't need it anyway. (laughs) Um, So the topic this morning um, starts with a question, and my question to you would be, is anyone really listening Um, and in a few minutes we're going to dive right into God's word but first I just want to show you a short clip so I'll hand over to my smallest brother
2: play (laughs) play 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 how are you doing Trying to use a Jedi mind trick to control Stephen Hawking. Play. Play. Ugh. He must be wearing a tinfoil hat or something. I did a bad thing. Does it affect me? No. Then suffer in silence. Play. Play. Play.
3: Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Penny started taking a class. She wrote a paper. She didn't want me to read it. I went behind her back. I read it anyway. Stephen Hawking hates me. I don't know what to do. The paper's terrible. But if I tell her, she'll know that I read it and she'll get really mad.
2: I was beating him so bad he doesn't want to be friends anymore.
3: Why does everyone love me except
2: Stephen Hawking?
3: Is it possible we're having two different conversations? How would I know? I'm not listening to you. Hang on. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Chess clock. We each get five minutes to talk about our problems. We'll take turns. Each turn will consist of a statement and a helpful response from the friend. Begin.
2: I humiliated Stephen Hawking in a game of words with friends. He stopped playing, and now we're not friends anymore.
3: He's probably busy. You're worried about nothing. Give it a couple more days. I'm sure he'll play, and you'll see that everything's fine. My turn. I can't let Penny hand in a bad paper, but uh, how do I tell her it's bad without letting her know that I read it? Mm.
2: Beats me. Now, (laughs) I
3: know Hawking's not busy
2: because I can see he's playing other people right now.
3: Maybe since you're so good, he's taking his time to meet the challenge. I want Penny to enjoy something. Wallace told me he's a big baby. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know that, and I played Extract for 82 points. So it's all Amy's fault. She told me to play it. I've got to cut her loose. <laughs> Sheldon, I wasn't done talking. She hands in the paper tomorrow. I know I could help her, and she's my girlfriend. I, I should be allowed to help her. Why aren't I allowed to help her?
2: Yeah, I hear you, brother.
3: <laughs> no. You need to give me some advice.
2: Uh, fine. Uh, women, huh?
3: No. <laughs> Specific to my situation. but you blonde women, huh? <laughs> Empathetic. It sucks
2: to be you. <laughs> I quit. Leonard, wait. No. I, I listen to your dumb thing. <laughs> Leonard, come Leonard, come back. Leonard, come back. What? Oh, of course. It only works on the weak minded. <laughs>
1: Anyone ever experienced that where you're talking to someone and they're not listening to you? Yeah? Yeah? I feel like that happens quite a lot in families. Um, We have a good example in our house. Um, So Ben is convinced that whenever he opens his mouth to speak, everybody opens their mouth and interrupts, interrupts him because no one's ever listening to him. So it's pretty much become a running joke that whenever Ben speaks, someone else is going to start talking because no one's listening to him. And actually, I think to some extent, some members of our family do that on purpose now. Um, He says it's really annoying. I don't think it's true. I've never noticed him being interrupted. So um, if Ben kind of gives you a little look, you've probably interrupted him and he can't be bothered to say anything. (laughs) He's blushing. That's sweet. But we like to know that people are listening to us. It makes us feel like someone cares about us, about our feelings, what we have to say. And in the same way, we want people not just to hear what we have to say, but to listen to the words that we're saying to them. In the clip with Leonard and Sheldon, Sheldon was so caught up in the things that he wanted to say and he wanted from Leonard, he wasn't responding at all. In fact, he said, I'm not even listening to you. I haven't got any idea of what your problem is. So we've got two passages I want to look at today and the first is Proverbs chapter 2 verses 1 to 6. So if you have a Bible with you if you'd like to open it and I will read it to us. Or it's up on the screen. And this is the NCV version. And it says, "My child, listen to what I say and remember what I command you. Listen carefully to wisdom and set your mind on understanding." cry out for wisdom and beg for understanding search for it like silver and hunt for it like hidden treasure then you will understand respect for the lord and you will find that you know god only the lord gives wisdom he gives knowledge and understanding if you take nothing away this nothing else away this morning and i promise i'm not going to be offended if this is the only thing you take away But let it be this, that God is still speaking. He didn't stop speaking to the people in the Bible and that be the end of it. He's still speaking today. Genesis chapter 1 says again and again and again, and God said, God is still speaking today. So my second passage is 1 Samuel 3. And because it's a little bit long, I've kind of summarized it. Um, I hope that most of you know the story. In Samuel 3, we find that Samuel, who's probably about a young teenage boy at the time, is serving God under Eli the priest. It was late at night, and Samuel is asleep in God's house when God calls his name. And he says, Samuel. So Samuel runs and says to Eli, Here I am. You called me. Eli responds and says, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. It's important to note at this point that Samuel knows about God, but he hasn't met God. Anyway, this happens again and again. And on the third time, Eli realizes that God is calling Samuel. And he says, Go back and lie down. When you are called again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back and lies down, and when the Lord calls, he answers God as Eli instructs, and then God speaks to him. Samuel responds to God's voice and God's call, and God and, and opens the opportunity for God to speak to him, and so God speaks. So I've got four pass four passages, four points from these passages that I'd like. Um, us to take away this morning about why we should listen to God. So the first is that God speaks to us personally. The second is that God is persistent in the way that he calls and he wants to speak to us. The third point is a little bit cringy, but is that God speaks precious truth and that his word is powerful is the fourth point. I might have got the last two mixed up a little bit, so apologies if I cause any confusion. So we have a God who speaks to us personally. In Samuel 3, 1 Samuel 3, and in Proverbs 2, God addresses the listener or the reader personally. He says, my child, in Proverbs, and um, in Samuel, he says, Samuel. He doesn't say, oi, you, or hello, he says, Samuel, he calls Samuel's name. When somebody calls our name, we want to listen to them more. As an example, if I want my parents' attention, and I'm at church, and I say, Mum, Dad, everyone in the room turns around who's a parent. And my parents ignore me. <laughs> because they've switched their parent filter on. But if I call them Nicky or Steve which I think some of you will probably have heard me call them, they turn around and it gets their attention. They're much more likely to respond to me if I say, Nikki, can you just... My mum will go, excuse me, that's, that's my name, call me mum. Uh, my dad would be much more blunt than that. Um, but when we call someone by their name, we respond. Yesterday mum and I were in town and we were getting some bits and bobs and we were in one of the shops and somebody said, Jessica, and I turned around and went, oh, and mum was like, they're not talking to you. But because somebody said my name, despite the fact that they weren't talking to me, my ears pricked up. It got my attention. It made me want to know what they had to say. And in the same way, God uses Samuel's name. He calls our names when he wants our attention. He has something personal to say to each of us. My next point is that God is a persistent God. He calls Samuel three times. And throughout the Bible, God is consistently persistent in, in calling and, and chasing and pursuing his people. From the beginning of creation and the fall, God called Adam and Eve in the garden and then throughout with the Israelites he called different people by name and he said to them what he had for them. He sought relationship with them. Can you imagine what would happen if have happened if after Samuel a God called Samuel's name the first time and Samuel missed it? What would have happened? if if God stopped calling at that point. But God doesn't stop calling. He kept calling Samuel until he responded and until he was in a place where he was ready to listen and that he knew that it was God who was speaking to him. We haven't really changed that much as humans. God still calls us, and if we're being really honest, we don't always answer the first time he calls us. I, myself, am a good example of people who don't call the first time. I haven't always answered God's call the first time he's called me. I'm going to be honest. There are times where God has spoken, and I've doubted that it was God who was speaking. Or times where God has spoken, and I didn't like what he had to say, so I ignored him. I'm not advocating for that, but let's be honest about our struggles. And there are certain times where God has spoken. And because I wasn't in a place where I was trying to listen to and make it time for what he had to say to me, I didn't hear his message. But that hasn't stopped God from speaking to me. And that hasn't stopped God from wanting to speak to me. Instead, he keeps calling until we are in a place where we say, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. What God has to say to us is important. It matters. It's powerful. And he will keep calling for us until we answer. God has something to say to each of us. And he wants us to actually listen. Not just hear that words are going but not take it in, but to take that time to listen. It helps us take our relationship with God from this level to this level when we listen to God. Sorry for the people over here, from this level to this level. Because we're not just talking to him about what we want, but we're hearing from what he has to say to us. So the first two points is that God calls us personally. He calls us and speaks to us persistently. And the third point is what he has to say to us is powerful. Now, we know that God's word is powerful, don't we? I said earlier, in Genesis 1, God says, "Make" calls for light, and there's light. I'm sorry, I can't click. God speaks and creation happens. First, light and darkness, earth and seas, birds and animals. From emptiness and darkness and nothingness, when God speaks, the world is created in an instant. Because God has spoken. Things come into being. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word through the Bible, and when he speaks to us, is powerful. It changes things. It makes a difference. It makes a difference to the way we should want to live our lives. It makes a difference to the callings we have. We don't know what God's called us to if we're not listening. But when we're listening to God's call, that changes everything. Who'd have thought six years ago that 15-year-old Jess would be standing up here today? Because I didn't. (laughs) But God called Apparently my math is totally off. Um, irrelevant. It doesn't matter that I can't do math. God's word is powerful. And when he calls and we answer his call and we take time to listen, it changes things. We encounter him. And he can equip us and transform us into becoming more of the people he is calling us to be. When we listen to God, as it says in Proverbs 2, God has a chance to impart wisdom to us and understanding. He wants us to grow in his wisdom, to seek the wisdom he has for us. He says that we should be desperate. It says, in verse four, search for it like silver, hunt for it like hidden treasure. What God has for us isn't just like slice of bread or something normal, it's like the most precious jewel you could ever imagine. It's worth more than we can ever understand or imagine. And God wants us to take that time to listen so that we can understand more of the precious truth he has to share with us, more of the precious truth of his word We're of the precious truth that transforms our lives. When God speaks, it is true. The fact that God speaks to us in in itself is incredible. But he's not a liar. God is not going to tell us anything other than 100% perfect truth. His word is full of truth of who he is, and what he's done through the centuries. I'm sure countless people, both here and around the world, can share of how God's word and the truth of God's word have changed their lives. I'm sure there are numerous stories that you can imagine, not imagine, but bring to mind of how God's word has changed your life, and if you haven't had numerous stories yet, the best is yet to come. As we go to discover more of the indescribable awesomeness of God, who chooses not only to love us but to build relationship with us and to speak to us, as we seek His word like silver like hidden treasure. And we hide it in our hearts. I can't remember from my head where that verse is, but in the Bible it says that his word is hidden in our hearts. I'll write your word on my heart, that I won't forget it. That is a paraphrase. But his word is something that we should treasure in our hearts. It should be something that we, we want more of. It should be electric, as it were like a rash that doesn't go away. In a good way. (laughs) Think of the thing. And I know what the squirrel answer is because, of course, the squirrel answer is Jesus. But think of the thing second to God that is the most important thing in your life. Just for a minute. Everyone got something? I'll give you another second. Got something now? Yes? We're not responding. That's fine. (laughs) How important is that thing to you? What would you do if you didn't have it? Could you live without it? If we can't live without something that God has given us, Like a child, or a home, or a family. Let's face it, the things that we can't live without, and the most important thing is usually connected to relationship, isn't it? If we can't live without that, something that God has given to us, how can we live without hearing what God has to say to us? Listening to what God has to say to us. And the truth of that. It's worth listening to. It makes a difference. It's not like that waffle that isn't going to change anything. It's not like, for example, when I come home on a Friday night, having traveled for four hours, and I essentially, word vomit all over my mother because I've sat in the car for four hours on my own and had no one to talk to. And I waffle at her for about an hour at least. That's probably an understatement. It's, it's not like that. It's like sharing the most precious thing that you have. It's like sharing that most exciting piece of news that you're bursting with. And God has that for us. God has something really exciting that he wants to share with us. If only we will take time to listen to the truth. God is truth. He cannot and will not and does not lie. So we can trust what he says to us. We can trust in the word of God. We can trust that Jesus went to the cross and he died for the sins of all of us. No matter where you're at in your journey with God, there is no escaping the fact that that is truth. There's no escaping the fact that God is love and God has love for each of us. His word is precious. In John 8, Jesus tells his disciples in verses 31 through to 33, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God wants to share his truth with us. So our desire should be to listen to what he has to say. So I recognize from sitting in sermons myself that it's all very well telling us what we need to do. But there's no good if you have no idea what to do next. So I've got a couple of things that we can take away, some practical things that we can do to take steps to really listen to God. And the first is that we need to shut out distraction. As I said just a minute ago, on Friday I got in my car and sat in my car for about four hours as I drove down here. I had no other object other than getting from Bournemouth to here. I couldn't go anywhere because I was stuck in the car. Obviously I could go somewhere because I was driving the car. But I couldn't go anywhere because I had to get here. And I couldn't do any of the normal things that I used to, that I distracted myself with. There was no TV. There was no 101 crafts that I could be getting on with. There was no one to talk to. There was just a really good opportunity to listen. So knowing that this was what I was going to be speaking on this morning and wanting to practice what I preach, I sat in the car for four hours with two objectives. To listen to God and to arrive safely. Normally I listen to the radio, normally I listen to worship music. And that's good, and sometimes that's a really useful way to listen to God. But for part of that journey, I turned off all distractions. I turned off the radio, I turned off the sat-nav, because I didn't need it anyway. And I sat in silence and just listened and said to God, what do you want to say? What do you want to tell me? What have you got for me today? what have you got for me in this season? Now, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't have times where I got a little bit distracted and thought, oh, I could put that in my sermon. Let me write, oh, I can't write it down, I'm driving. Or, oh, I should just ring mum and let her know where I am. Or other thoughts of things that I needed to do. But the practicality of thinking I've carved out this time I can't go anywhere else to sit and to listen to God changed things actually made it easier so that's my first point shut out distraction in whatever way whatever your number one distraction is lock it away if that's for kids, find someone to look after them. <sighs> be practical. But the second thing is that sometimes when we want to listen to God, we need to also shut out the noise and create a silent atmosphere. How many times when you make time to listen to God do we get up in all of the things that have to be done and forget everything, forget that we wanted to take time to listen to what God had to say to us? Or how many times do we decide that we're going to take time to spend with God and listening to him and spend all of the time talking and none of the time listening? I've done that before. To listen is to choose to be quiet and to listen to the person who is speaking. That is the dictionary definition of listening. Now, earlier I shared about Ben, and when he wants to tell us something, and he's interrupted. Now, if every time Ben opened his mouth to say something to me, I not only interrupted him, and told him what I wanted to say, or what I was interested in, I wouldn't be showing him love. But I also could be missing out on something really amazing. Ben comes out with some cracking stuff. But if I spend all my time talking to Ben and not listening to anything he has to say to me, how much am I missing out on? Now, if Ben was the king, go with me on this one, and the king came to speak to me, That would make a difference. Because you're not going to interrupt the king or the queen. Because respect dictates that you listen to authority. You listen to the person in charge. If King Ben came to speak to me... (laughs) I would drop everything to hear what he had to say to me. So when we make time to listen to God, we need to drop everything else so that we can hear the important truth that God has to share with us. We don't want to be the kind of listeners who listen with half an ear, thinking what, we have to say is more important. Thinking and just waiting for the next opportunity to speak. We want to be the kind of listeners who say, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. Some of you will know different bits of my testimony. and, and It's been 10 years since, as a family, we've been in St. Austral. And in that time, God has brought me from faith as a teenager through to where I am today. And over the years, God has had lots of opportunities where I've given lots of opportunities where I've had to listen to him. When he said to uh, mum and dad that it was time to move and God was calling us here, that he said to us, as children, what do you think? You need to take time to listen to God and know that this is actually where he's calling us all. It's not just our decision. We're a family. And that was really tricky. Particularly at the age of 14, 15, I still learning how to listen to God. When I was finishing or starting college and looking at the steps God wanted me to go in do I go and become a teacher or do I listen to this nudging thing that's been happening for years and years and pursue God's calling on my life whatever that may be and as I began to pursue and ask God about what he had for me he Brought to mind moments that he'd spoken to me over the years. I hadn't even realized he was speaking to me because I wasn't listening, or maybe I was listening. I just wasn't registering. Where he made it clear that actually he did want me to go and do my gap year and serve the church in Preston, but more than that, he wanted me to go to Morlands and study theology, and not youth work. Because I went through that and I did the youth work thing and God was like, you're not listening. I don't want you to do the youth work thing. I want you to do the strength theology track. So I switched and I was obedient. But it took me a year of being at Moreland's before I was like, is that me or is that God? And even today, God is still speaking. He hasn't stopped speaking. This last... 12 to 48, well, 24 months, um, God has still been speaking. About a year ago, God said to me, and it was one of the clearest times God's ever spoken to me, that from September this year, I needed to not, uh, to be thinking about not working at the college anymore. And that's something I've battled with where God has been very clear and said it's time to start looking for something else he doesn't tell me what to look for I haven't got a clue September's four months away but that doesn't stop me knowing that that's what he has for me next he keeps saying it if God wants us to do something it's going to stick with us if God wants us to do something he's going to keep calling you don't forget something it sticks when, God is, when, it God, when it's God-speaking, it's going to stick. And it's going to be confirmed by other people in your life. And it's going to be confirmed by his word. What God has to say is worth listening to. So my question to you before we go into a time of communion is, are we really listening